is a round table. It's a Star Wars session special. Yeah, it is a round table. It's a Star Wars session special. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy, and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. But this is Star Wars Sessions with a twist. Welcome to Star Wars Roundtable Sessions, special episodes where the Essex Falcon is going to have a few extra guests to discuss some of the new stories from that galaxy far, far away. But before we introduce our guests for this debut session, I'll introduce me. My name is Matt Hudson, a.k.a. Jabba the Hud, and joining me as ever in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon is the greatest Star Wars man, fan and buddy out there. A cybernetically enhanced bounty hunter tasked with taking down Darth Vader. It's Blyla Valance himself. <laughs> I won't, I was not expecting a Bly pun. I won't lie to you, Matty boy. But it's good to be here for our naughty little session, the first roundtable session. It's a good one, isn't it, mate? You know, during these times, you know, it's, it's crazy and there are crazy things going on. But we thought we'd get some opinions from some lovely, lovely friends of ours. Yep, and uh, this, is a, this is a little mini-series now, so all being well, if, if everybody likes what they hear, we'll happily do a few more. But yeah, this is something we've, we've discussed doing for quite a while. Ideally, we actually wanted to be around a round table with a couple of Isaacs in our hand, a couple of bevies. But um, sadly, obviously, as is the state of the world, we couldn't do that. We do hope everyone out there is staying safe and well. But we're having to do it virtually now. But uh, rather than listening to me talk, and I know we love listening to Luke, why not introduce who we've got on tonight? Yeah, let's do it. Who shall we introduce first? Well, well, it is none other than um, you might know him for his uh, amazing bar smith skills. He's a hot rapper. He's not from Brooklyn. He ain't from Hackney either, mate. He's from Rayleigh. Welcome, Danny Boy Sexton. Hey, you all right, big boys? Thanks for having Yay. me on. It's good yeah. to have you on, Gangster. Welcome to the show. Quick, favourite Star Wars film, go. Oh, Rogue One. You Straight away. Boy. Yeah, it's got to be. got to be Rogue One. Love it. You naughty, naughty boy. Welcome to the show, mate. Obviously, everyone knows you for your naughty rhymes, your spicy rhymes on our Patreon rap and all our other raps that he does. So, Danny Boy, welcome to the roundtable, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having me. Up next, we have another naughty boy, except he is not an Essex native. Oh, no, but you have heard of him. You've all heard of him. It's none other than Pevy Isaac from Kent. Isaac, mate. This is crazy. <laughs> Welcome to the show, mate. You <laughs> all know him. Back. Mate, it's it's phenomenal to have you back, mate. You all know him as the voice of our Comic-Con guy. Comic Con guy, yeah. I, by the way, side note, I'd love it if uh, Isaac Pevy became slang for drinks for this Mate, podcast. So I'm I just dropping that in there. The band scene is now going to be going to be stocked up with some cheeky Pevies. Yes, cheeky Isaacs. <laughs> yes, it is. Some cheeky Isaacs. Some naughty Pevies. I mean, I'm what cool else? That, man. What? I'm absolutely brilliant. What else? What else? And talking of Pevies, well. If 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 I were to sip a nice cold pint on a lovely summer's day. It would taste a little bit like our next guest. It's none other than the legend, the other Hudson. It's Sean. Uh, I mean, my initial question is like, what do I taste like? Velvet. 
Yeah, <laughs> you can tell that one, sir. <laughs> Love there it. Yeah, go. Thanks for having me, guys. It's good to be on. I'm sat here with uh, there's a cider called Old, Old Rosie, so clearly it's called uh, Old, Old Rosie Tico. Yes, oh, see, runs in the family. Yes. See? So we're representing Woking, Surrey. We've got Kent and Essex. So we've, we're a three county round table today. It feels like the actual knights of the round table here, the blights of the round table uh, representing <laughs> our counties. We've all got, uh, we never actually asked Isaac, favourite Star Wars film? Oh, um, yeah. Controversial, it's changed. Uh, it's The Last Jedi now. Oh, yes. Nice. I'm actually not joking. It is my yes. favourite Star Wars movie now, yeah. Yes, mate. Yes, I'm so happy with that. Great. <laughs> Absolute Great. masterpiece. Right. That's it for the show, guys. Um, thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless Sean uh, Norris is up. Favourite Star Wars film? No, no, mate. I was going to say Last Jedi as well, but just to be different, I'll say the Christmas special. Oh, yeah. man. Sure, were you actually going to say Last Jedi? Well, I, I, for, for filmmaking, uh, I understand why people don't make, well get offended from a Star Wars position, but for filmmaking, I think it is by far and away the, the best Star Wars movie yeah. out there. It, Followed it is, by Rogue it's, One. It's top tempire for me. It has. Wow. Ooh. Wow. I mean, that's crazy. That is a, I mean, that is a meaty start to the round table, you naughty boys. We've got your favourite Star Wars in the books, right? So let's get talking about our topics. We're going to be covering three main topics today, boys, and it's going to be it's going to be a good one. It's a spicy one. Up first, Matty boy, do you want to bring up the subjects, mate? Uh, up first, we are going to be talking about Solo Two. Make Solo Two happen. Hashtag. Well, not in a minute. According to John Kasdan, it ain't happening. No, it ain't happening, boys. Solo Two. Obviously, we know that there was a massive campaign last year from our friends at the Resistance broadcast saying, make Solo 2 happen. And, it, you know, it was popular. A lot of people were jumping on board. They were trending. retweeting it. They were talking about it, you know. Um, now, we've got the guy who uh, co-wrote Solo. Is that right, Matt? Yes. It's, uh, Larry, John Kasdan. John Kasdan and Larry Kasdan both wrote it. Obviously, Lawrence Kasdan helped write The Empire Strikes Back and, and others. And John, John Kasdan's his son. And um, yeah, as Isaac said before, kind of a put the part of getting Larry Kasdan back to write The Force Awakens was that he could also write a Han Solo um, centric film. So uh, yeah, but this is this story comes from the mouth of John or the fingers of John Kasdan. Yeah, that's right. So we got a um, tweet here, and it says uh, basically someone was asking where they're at with the uh, Solo Two production. And um, John uh, tweeted this. He went, I don't think anyone's pursuing a solo sequel at the moment. I think a feature at this point would be a tough sell. And the Disney Plus Star Wars slate is really pretty packed. All shows I'm looking forward to. My work on Indiana Jones is long over, but I'm excited uh, there's forward movement. Um, so Solo 2, it, it looks like it's kind of slowed down. The movement slowed down. And that's a real big hit. Dan, what are you thinking about that? Because I know you were a big fan of Solo, the the original film. What do yeah, you think? That's, yeah, that's right. I, I absolutely loved Solo first time I saw it. And it was actually one of the first films I watched when Disney Plus came out a couple of weeks back. So, um, yeah, I'm gutted that it's obviously not going to be going ahead anytime soon. But I do totally get it. You know, there's a lot there's a lot going on. There's a lot of, you know, content coming out and things. So I, I do totally get it. But um you know, maybe one day, maybe one day it'll be the right time. We'll see. <laughs> and you yeah, really enjoyed that. Solo when that came out, didn't you, mate? Yeah, yeah, absolutely loved it. 
absolutely love Solo. So it's it's an easy watch. Like I say, it's one of the first things I watched when Disney Plus come out. So uh, just easy to stick on, isn't it, in the background as well. So but it's an easygoing type film like that. But in terms of, like, you see, obviously you understand why they don't bring it back. We probably all understand why they won't bring it back for a feature film. The budget for the overall budget for the movie was almost three hundred million dollars because they pretty much had to make it twice. And it only, and I say this, you know, quite unquote, only bought in three hundred ninety-two point nine million worldwide, which is a, a massive flop. It's the first flop for Lucasfilm, so that's probably why a feature would be a tough sell. But to Sean, obviously, seeing that, do do you think that with the amount of money that Disney have made from all their other films, that they can take a hit on Solo, and then, but then still also put another uh, Solo two in the works for for the big screen? Yeah, I mean, from 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 my perspective, I mean, the, the, the questions that I got here, like, is it not being made purely because of the box office, the box office ratings? Because it, it cannot be because people, the people that did go and watch it didn't didn't enjoy it. I mean, I, I loved it. It was a great it was a great watch. And, you know, I was listening to your guys podcast the other day when you were reviewing it and talking about it. And yeah, there is a lot of stuff that's properly on the nose and it does it does knock you back about six to eight feet sometimes when you you hear some of the comments that are made so there is some on the nose stuff but is it only because of the box office stuff or or are we seeing a huge switch to 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 different mediums so um you know obviously the 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 new stuff that's been announced is book based and is going to be maybe a Disney plus series based. So um, if it is just because of the box office, do we reckon that it could be maybe a, a Cassie and Andor style Disney plus series that comes out for Han Solo two in, in mm. inverted commas. So the, you know, the, the cast, would they come back? Um, you know, the, the massive thing about that was obviously who was cast as as Han, and I think hopefully we'd all be in agreement that within about two minutes we all believed that you know Alden was a fantastic Han, but um, you know would they come back as uh, uh, you know a ten twelve part um, Disney Plus series? But the, the, I, I love the movie; it was a great watch. Agree with Dan; it's an easy watch. There's a lot of on the nose stuff. Is it only because of the box office ratings that they're not going to go ahead with it again? I completely agree with what you guys have said about the marketing was rubbish, the timing was rubbish. Um, mm-hmm. But there's stuff in there that needs to be discussed, like mall, the mall comeback needs a resolution. Would the cast come back? Um, so it would be, be cool to understand what you guys think about. Could you see it maybe in 18, 24, 36 months coming back as a, as a two-series Disney Plus series if the cast are interested? That's an interesting one, and that's that is a phenomenal answer, mate. I, I really think that's reasonable and it's level headed. Um, but I want to I want to hear Isaac's opinion because I know, mate, you weren't you weren't crazy about this film, were you, mate? When when you went and saw it, um, I think uh, without wishing to get too negative, um, say what you feel, man. Yeah, but well, you're good. You're good to I am, yeah. Uh, the Rise of Skywalker kind of changed everything for me about what I liked in a Star Wars movie. Uh, so I kind of feel like um, I, I'll level with you guys. I've not watched Solo since it was at cinema. I saw it at cinema, and I, I, I feel like I'd been to see, um, I'd been to see uh, the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi. And the last Jedi had a. It was uh, Force Awakens. I don't. Know, I think everyone here probably agrees. You come out of the Force Awakens and you're you're sort of you're on cloud nine i was anyway because um i hadn't obviously when uh revenge of the sith came out i was 10 so it kind of seeing a star wars movie in the cinema 
and it being a good one was was incredible to me um and the last jedi you sort of had that that was like you <laughs> i came out of the last jedi sort of thinking whoa that was a lot like i did not expect any of that to happen but ultimately i liked it as i've just said um uh, and i saw solo and it was sort of the first of these films obviously rogue ones in there as well i enjoyed rogue one uh, but um i saw uh, solo came out of it and i felt weirdly empty about the whole thing mm-hmm. it sort of um after solo i uh, i i didn't like that i'd been to see a star wars film and hadn't felt um the magic of star mm-hmm. wars does that make sense um yeah, yeah. i don't dispute that it's a good adventure film and i really should watch it again so again take all these opinions with a grain of salt but um it it lost me as soon as they explained why his last name was solo now this isn't <laughs> a um it, and you know it's it's stupid because if it's a film can lose you like that but it's it's stupid but if i'd um I don't know if if that hadn't maybe it'd be a different thing, but like I'm not opposed to more. I'm not opposed to more, and it it posed some interesting questions at the end of it. Um, if anything, I wish I feel like it came too early in the scheme of time. <laughs> that doesn't make sense, but I kind of wish they'd two or three years down the line. It would have been a Disney Plus series. I'm fairly sure of that, and um, I th- I think it would have been better that way. Because uh, all of the mysteries of Han Solo were were gone in an hour and a half, and that that bothered me a little bit. Saying that, I'm not opposed to more Star Wars. Um, <laughs> good to hear. Obvi- obviously, I'm not opposed to more Star Wars, and um, I-, I concur with everything Sean said. Um, Alden was in- incredible. Uh, if anything, I I didn't really like uh, Gambino um, as. Um, as Which is Lando. weird because I I thought it was going to be the other way around. I thought it was going to be the other way around. I saw the yeah, casting and thought I thought uh, what's his name <laughs> Donald Glover. I can't just keep calling Gambino. Uh, <laughs> Donald Glover. He um even though Gambino is just a great word to say Gambino, but um sounds like a Star Wars planet. Funnily enough, yeah, um, Gambino, but, uh, <laughs> the Gambino system. Uh, but he, um uh, I didn't really like him. I felt he was doing an impression of Billy D. Um, but I, I thought Alden was sensational and um, I'd like to see more of him and I would like to see more. I don't think you can put Maul at the end of a film like that and mm-hmm. just call it a cameo because it wasn't a cameo. It was it set it set more up like two, two things. I mean, the first and most important point is your usage of the word concur was outstanding. Um, Thank you. Sean. Like, you said like you felt like you felt empty because like, it. Do you reckon you felt empty because it was a standalone film, and it obviously it leads into like, like we like if you watch that as a standalone film and had never seen any other Star Wars movies, like it's a, it's a, it's a really good standalone movie. But do you reckon our knowledge of what's gone on, whether it's canon based books, movies, comics, and that, do you, like, do you think your your opinion of it would have been different if you hadn't seen any other Star Wars movies? Uh, probably. Yeah, I'd probably have come out of it thinking it was a great sci-fi film because it was a great sci-fi film. I, I can't, um, I can't dispute that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of felt uh, like I'd come out of a Marvel film, and um, I like Marvel films. Uh, I know Sean and Matt have other opinions on Marvel films in general, um, but I, I came out of it and just sort of thought, okay, that was a movie, and I sort of didn't really think about it afterwards. Um, which kind of is a good thing because it didn't invoke the visceral reaction that uh, the last film did. That's um, another, great, but, another great word, by the way. <laughs> oh, and Sean, we're going to get on. We um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I just didn't... Uh, I, I kind of... It was the first Star Wars movie I came out of and thought, okay, like, 
whatever. And I sort of got on with my... And I don't like having that reaction to Star Wars movies because they should be special. It is special to go to the cinema and watch a Star Wars movie. So, and I didn't feel that way of Solo. But I would not be opposed to more stories in that uh, with that cast because I thought the cast overall were very, very good. Has, has any of the cast come out and said they, they won't do uh, a second film or, you know... Um... No. They've all, they've all said if they were invited, they'd come. Because if you look at it, Amelia Clark. She made her name on television in, on, in Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's um, right. Donald Glover is on Atlanta, obviously, and other stuff. Ordinary Reich isn't exactly swamped for work, and I mean that in the nicest way. And also Ray Park. Ray Park isn't going to say no to more, and Ray Park seems like a right lad. So it's not like these guys are bona fide film stars who, who, are, who are not going to do TV because it's beneath them or streaming service, or you ain't going to Disney Plus them, as Boyega would say. They'd all, they would all come back. Most of them have cut their teeth in TV. So I think if we're going to if we're going to get it, we're going to get a Disney Plus. But then John Kazan says that well, you've got the Mando season two and probably three. You've got Kenobi, you've got Cassian. That slate's looking pretty packed. Could they fit a solo in? Possibly not. You're saying, but if they did, let's they just could. hypothetically say they did a Disney Plus series now. How do, where where are they going to take the story? You know, how much more are we going to see? How much Han and Lando are we going to see in Kira? Where with how it ended? Where's it going? I've I, in in my humble opinion, I, I'm of the you know thought that uh, it it doesn't need to be now a solo two. I've kind of like changed my opinion a little bit on on that. Where you could, I've I've mentioned it before though, where you could you could kind of continue the loose ends from this standalone by doing a Disney Plus series, but it's about the criminal underworld. It's about like some gangs or it's about Maul and his gang and stuff. And you've got rival gangs. And before you know, it's like Greece Latin, but in space, <laughs> you know, like that I'm would here be... for that, man. But does it, but does it get to a point where it's like, you know, there's that, that that's enough. Like, you know, the film is enough. If you do too much, people will just lose interest. I would it's agree with you, Dan. I would agree with you. I'm furious. If they had if they hadn't if they hadn't put the mall cameo in yeah. and and her flying off, I would agree with you. I think at some point they have to um they have to address the Kira thing because mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. a weird thing it's a weird thing to leave it is, uh, yeah. and never address again and just assume that he never sees her again and that he ends up with Leia. It's a, you've got yeah. to address what happens with Kira. <laughs> people go nuts about about canon and timelines and you saw you saw people go completely losing their minds over our um our kylo and reagan a kiss it's like they ha- it, even just to even just to please some people there's got to be how did kira and han break up can i be honest i think um i think we're probably more likely to see a comic book series called crimson dawn or something mm-hmm. and all these things tied up i can't i can't I see amelia I can't see Amelia Clark coming back to it, and I, I, I don't know. I just can't. It just you know when just something just doesn't in your gut doesn't feel like it's going to happen because there is a limited yeah. time period because Alden is going to get older and eventually he's he didn't look much younger than Han Solo did in um in uh, Star Wars. Yeah, you're um, right. Yeah, so yeah. they they have a limited time frame. It's not like a it's not like a Kenobi where you can basically like, can I, let's be honest, Ewan McGregor's never going to look as old as Alec Guinness. So no. They can do that whenever they like and it's going to be fine. Yeah. I think, I do think Amelia Clark would come back because again, she, her, her filmography isn't with all due respect, isn't great. Last Christmas, um, the film last Christmas was fine, but it wasn't like a smash hit, which I think they kind of hoped it would be on her name. And, um, 
uh, guy from Crazy Rich Asians, I can't think of his name, Henry Golden. I think they thought those two were going to be dynamite together. And the film was actually quite good, but it didn't set any box office alight. And to be honest, any films with her in don't aren't like big sellers. So the studios aren't going to look at her and think, well, we need her in our film, which is why I think that for a, a good role and a good salary, let's face it, I think she would come back if they got a good story for her. If it was just the kind of damsel in distress in space, I I'm not sure she'd come back for that. But I do think she might come back. And I, but I definitely can see Alden and uh, Donald coming back in some way, shape or form. Can you imagine people honestly, honestly turning down like the Disney Mickey Mouse dollars? They're, they're not going to say no, are they? It's not as though they're... Um, they can't fit it. I, I don't know them, obviously, personally, obviously. Um, sure. And I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to take you back, Matt. I'm really glad that you you qualified your uh, your comment on last Christmas as a movie because I was about to pull you up on whether or not you liked your Christmas present or not. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like the Mickey Mouse dollars will bring bring most people back, won't they? Sean, let me answer your question. Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah. don't deny Zach. Yeah. <laughs> That's a nice eyes that you got there. <laughs> That's a, That's a nice lager. <laughs> a really nice lager. That's a nice boulder. <laughs> Eddie, so before we wrap up on that one, has anyone else got any final thoughts on on you know the news, where they could take this and just solo two in general? Yeah, I'd I I I mean you'd uh, sorry that is a bad noise to make on a podcast uh, just just because John Kazdan isn't doing it I also wouldn't write off that it's not happening um he never said it wasn't happening no 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 I know I just find his back <laughs> well, you never know I mean these, Mate, these are corporations these are corporations yeah. I mean I I I don't and again I don't I don't know enough of his work to judge it but I don't know if John Kazdan is quite as talented as his father is at writing so it wouldn't surprise me Mm -hmm. if they took it in another direction put that way matty boy i mean doing things almost behind people's backs you know i know we're talking uh what what could be with solo 2 or whatever sort of continuation of that story um could be um but you know doing things behind people's backs that might lead beautifully into our next topic this boy knows how to do it. He's a podcasting pro. Well, you guys out there have known this for the last few weeks. It's ruffled a few feathers. Maybe not everybody on this round table. Maybe it has done, but we're talking about now. Ahsoka Tano, Ashley, oh no, Rosario Dawson is apparently oh. going to be the new Ahsoka Tano. It hasn't actually been confirmed by Lucasfilm or StarWars.com, but everywhere is running with it. The reputable sites and sources are saying that Rosario Dawson has been cast as Ahsoka Tano in the upcoming Mandalorian season two. So in terms of that, that's part number two, boys. Take it away. Who should we go for? Let's throw over to uh, to Sean. Ahsoka Tano, Rosario Dawson. Firstly, are you a fan of the character? And what did you think when you heard the news? Yeah, I mean, she's, she's, a, she's a cool character. I mean, if you look back, if you look at all the animated series and obviously all the way up to um, Rise of Skywalker, like Ahsoka Tano's pretty much got her fingers in pretty much every Star Wars pie that's possible. So I hope that she's got some kind of uh, um, rights to uh, every film and comic because she'll be loaded right now. But um, yeah, I mean, she's been pretty much in the saga on and off for, for, for most of it. I mean, but yeah, I mean, she's a... She, Rosaria Dawson is a, is a great actress and, you know, interestingly, a, a good voiceover. So my, one of mine and my, my son's favourite movies is 
is kind of Lego Batman and stuff like that. And obviously she's, she's Batgirl in that and is absolutely hilarious. And, you know, she's done work with Jane Silent Bob. She's got a role within Zombieland. So she's done a lot of comedy work. So it's going to be really interesting to see how, uh, how she portrays herself as a, as a live action Osaka, which has never been never been seen before. So, um, yeah, I mean, for me, it's all about, you know, what what's the role in it going to be? How, how are they how are they bringing her back? I mean, it's obviously fairly well known that apparently she's, she's not dead um, as uh, I mean, not Rosario, I mean, Asako. Um, so uh, what's the role going to be within, um, within the show? Is she going to be doing live action and voice? Is Ashley Eckstein going to be doing a voiceover? Did Ashley have any say in it? Um, you know, that leads to other questions about who else are they going to be bringing back for Mando? Um, are we going to see an, are we going to see an Ezra and stuff like that? Mm. Um, but I think it's been, you know, Rosario has been interested in this role for ages. I mean, if you look at back mm. on her, her tweet from, february 2017 when she's been after this role so um it's great to see somebody with the absolute passion that wants to play the role but for me it'll be really interesting to see how she takes some of the work she's done with comedy into this role what does ashley Eckstein think about it maybe we can get her on the phone and ask her uh, and what does that mean for, for mando who else are we going to see within that within that series Brilliant, mate. Sean, you naughty boy. There is a reason we brought you onto this podcast and it's for answers like that, mate, which is quality. Now, I'm interested to know the opinions of um, someone someone like Danny Boy. Now, Dan is a, you know, he, mate, you've loved Star Wars since you're a little one, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but, but however, lo- like me, um, when I was at senior school, I never watched the Clone Wars. I watched the odd episode, but none of it stuck with me. I never used to watch it week in, week out. It wasn't until I was older, I went and got the box set and, and bought it. Now, I know that you have Disney Plus now, so yep. you intend to watch the animated show. So I'm, yep. I'm really um, interested to know your opinion on this, considering you have a very face value knowledge of the character Ahsoka and what that could mean to the Mandalorian season two. I'd love to know your thoughts. So for me, I'd like, like you say, I've, ne- I've never watched the animated series. I need to get on it. I'm way behind with all that. But yeah, yeah, a little bit behind. I just don't want the Mandalorian to be, to become more about Ahsoka than the Mandalorian. And I don't, it, I, I can't really see, I feel like people will go mental when, if, if she appears on screen. That's why. And I think it, it will, it will become about her. That is a that is a mental answer. I have not even contemplated because this this news is like a few weeks old. But that's the whole thing where they do they said that in the sequel trilogy with Ray, didn't they? They said that was the problem when Luke came on screen. When Luke Skywalker came on screen, um, he, he kind of took away from Daisy Ridley's spotlight, from Ray's spotlight a little bit, and that is that is something I've never even contem- contemplated, mate. But I think did did uh, Baby Yoda do that? Did the child do that? Yeah, but in a, in a, in a, in, a, in my opinion, in such a gorgeous way because yeah. because it's the synergy between baby yoda and this dad figure it works right. but, yeah. but where would ahsoka play into that role yeah. like we, we don't know we yeah, know mando's got the eyes for that hot woman in the uh ewok um village oh no the, the village on that green Lord planet, of the Rings you know village. he's got the hots yeah. for her yeah yeah right. i think it's it if she becomes a part it's got to be 
uh, maybe very quick or or just not at all because then otherwise it just becomes you know the uh, the Mandalorian and the Ahsoka show. I feel or or just the Ahsoka. That's that's what I feel. But um, well, that's it. Isaac, yeah. mate, Ashley Eckstein's not coming back to do the voice. And also, just like Danny Boy and Sean have said, how on earth does Ahsoka Tano of all people fit into a show like The Mandalorian? Now that we've seen, uh, we've been to the States and watched season one, how does Ahsoka fit into <laughs> this aesthetic? And also, no Ashley Eckstein. Are we going to see a Boba Fett and Ashley Eckstein? Sorry, I mean Ahsoka Tano face-off. Ooh. Yeah, Boba they kill Fett's each dead. other. I oh, know he's not dead, is he? Depends on who you believe. Nah, Boba Fett's back next season, guys. Um, so uh, I'm just <laughs> no going to drop that. I'm, no just gonna, I'm dropping it. I'm dropping it and leaving it. Right. So um, <laughs> someone pick it back up. It becomes the Boba Fett show then. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, I agree with that. Um, this is going to go on to my next point. I okay. So firstly. Rosario Dawson is a fantastic actor. Um, if anyone's watched the Marvel uh, Marvel Netflix shows, she's in all of them. Some of them are better than others. Uh, most of them are not are not good, uh, but um, she is great in them, and she's a very good actor. And I've got no doubt that if she were to portray the role, which I think she is, if we look at Dave Filoni's uh, cover photo. <laughs> Has everyone seen this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen the boss, the boss, boss, lo- at boss logic tweet. It's got Rosaria as Ahsoka. It looks badass, man. It does look really cool. Yeah, oh, I th- and to be honest, I'm all for um, them. I've got no problem with them changing the actor for live action. Uh, I don't think it's a stab in the back for um, what's her name, Ashley Eckstein. Ashley Eckstein. Um, I agree. I don't think it is, and also I don't think she'd be that bothered by it. I think she. Um, I, Dave Filoni's worked with her a lot and I don't think he would have I think he seems like a good chap I think he probably would have spoken to her beforehand um, I don't think she'd hold in it and I think actors don't I don't think actors get upset like that I think they accept what they're good at and what they're not good at if that makes so, sense I think it's different isn't it it's different being a voice actor too you know, 100% I mean the Saul Guerrero voice actor I just looked this up earlier actually um, the voice actor was not Forrest Whitaker in the Clone Wars so no, no, um, yeah. it's a very Sounds different totally different a very different looking chap as well yeah, um, so... <laughs> yeah it's a stretch isn't it it's a stretch <laughs> Yeah, um, but I kind of agree with Dan on this one. Um, I think Filoni, Filoni's got this as his live action show and I don't think anyone's going to give him just a live action show to do on his own, which is sad. But I, I yeah, I mean, his episode, which I have seen because uh, I went to the States before quarantine, um, was <laughs> was probably the worst of the season. Um, just for pure set fan service, it was it was just it was too much. The um, but, um, yeah, it was shot for shot. It was it was it was mental. It was like watching the live action, well, live action in inverted quotes, Lion King film. Um, but um, I Tiger, just Tiger King film. <laughs> very good show. Not Star Wars. Let's move on. Um, but um... <laughs> yeah, okay. Give my book. Yeah, um, but I, I think he, myself another Isaac. I, <laughs> I think he's got. I think Filoni like looks at this and he's like, "Oh, this is my live action show, and this is my opportunity to get my character on screen." Um, if I'm honest, I can't see it being for more than an episode for the very reason Dan says. But I kind of wish they just 
like just leave it like we've got enough characters in that show like i i'm i'm the one criticism i've got of that show is is the one episode characters it it kind of irked me because i could never really get never really get invested in them um i'd like to see more through lines of characters and anything that ahsoka's in she does become the main character it kind of happened in rebels like we're all waiting they had to get rid of her in the end um but i just uh, i like ahsoka um but like luke i i don't know if it's something to do with our age luke but i never really um i never really got into the clone wars when i was i watched the odd episode i never really got into it and i ahsoka's fine but like i don't know just like make some new characters man yeah, there's a, I think there's, an, there's enough questions, isn't there, to answer before getting others involved. Having her in, ask more questions, because the last time we saw her, she was jetting off with Sabine at the end of Rebels. Spoilers for the end of Rebels. Um, and, and then she'd oh. end up show up in The Mandalorian. If she got something to do with the child, she's a Force user, so she could just absolutely beast anyone she comes up against. And I agree, actually, with everything you guys have said, that in terms of the actress, you get the best person for the job. And Ashley Eckstein will always be a soaker to, to a lot of people, and she'll always be doing the voice work anyway. But you don't get someone like Rosario Dawson in just to dub her, because that, you know, what's the point? As for Isaac's point, uh, Filoni always does bring a soaker in. He, you know, it, it's his character and, and George, but together they created it, so he has that kind of like, a bond with her. And I don't mind the character, she's grown on me an, an awful lot. And, and again, yeah, like, and, and as Sean said, like we've been debating the whole time, where on earth does she fit? Um, but Lukey Boy, what do you think about this, mate? Ah, uh, so <laughs> you, you know, I, the truth is, I had different opinions until this podcast. Um, <laughs> but that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know. Like because again, like it's the stealing the spotlight thing that really brings it to my attention. But the one thing I would say is that John Favreau and Dave Filoni seem to be doing things very differently from how the sequel trilogy was made, how the spin-offs were made. It seems like the Mandalorian is taking ironically more, more risks. It's ironic. Ironic. Yeah, man. Um, But like, it it just seems like one of those things where if it were to happen, I really wouldn't be that surprised. Um, And who I I forget who said it, 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 it would be better if it was maybe just one episode and that would maybe set up something else another bit of canon and i'm not saying that's necessarily a film or even a series it could be something completely different could be a book about the other side of ahsoka's journey uh from rebels which we know is you know could be any time period it could be end of original trilogy could be bang in the middle of it and she gets done by darth vader we don't know (laughs) we don't know that's a naughty thing to say actually because i've so I've, I've got a note on there saying is this just going to be a cameo to set up future appearances somewhere else but then John Kasdan says Disney Plus is busy um, so where's it going to be but sorry anyway Shawnee boy no I was just going to say I mean you made, you made someone made a great point that she always gets the attention it's like what are you more surprised at Cassian Andor getting his own series over oh, Ahsoka Tano so, right, Cassian Andor series. I'm going to come in again, boys. I'm sorry. Yeah, make 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 move move out of the way. Let me Still say this point. Yeah, because... <laughs> do you want to drink over your head, mate? <laughs> you do... do you want to drink over your head? Bang. You drink Dan head. knows about all of that. Dan knows the history of that one. Mm. Um, well, nothing to do with you. <laughs> but yes. okay. So so okay, Cassian Andor for me, the series feels like the solo announcement 
of the Disney era of films. It feels like who who asked for this? Someone must have pitched something that's real good. It was because me. it just seems it just seems a bit it just seems a bit random, didn't it? Yeah, Is it just it. me, boys? Yeah, but what do you think? Not, so, did, so did Rogue One. I don't know if Rogue One did feel random. I guess as a stand as the first standalone, it, it it could it could be seen as like a or like that one sentence from the crawls. Like they're making that for the first standalone film. And again, tonally it was different, so it was a risk, certainly. And they've even said that, you know, it was a risk, but that was a risk that actually paid off. Do you think we might be going to um I wonder if they've called it the have they have they has has Disney come out and said it's the Cassian Andor show? Yeah, it's the they've called they, it the thriller. Alan Tudyk's in it as K two. It's it's the Cassian yeah. Andor show. I wonder if banging on a Dan Sexton uh, like overdub for the uh, the track. <laughs> I wonder if it will be called the Cassian Cassian Andor when it comes out because if they said they were doing a TV show about the early days of the rebellion, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be as surprised. It will be called Fulcrum or something. Yeah, but yeah. Now that know. sounds better. That sounds better. But they're pitching it. it, it their words. They're pitching it as a spy thriller. So they're getting another genre, which is good. All I'll say is, if if someone was to say to you, um, yeah, so the Mandalorian's going to come out, it's going to be all about this Mandalorian, and the end of the first episode, he's going to find a baby um, Yoda species child that has the Force and stuff, how would we be talking about it? Because I honestly think that I would be like, really, just give me some Mandalorian It it almost seems like it comes down to... um, the execution. Join in, everyone. <laughs> yeah, execution again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, okay, boys. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a cow in here. <laughs> it's a dairy cow. It, it makes me think of. Uh, did you guys saw the pictures of the the the, the inaugural Star Wars sessions drinking game? Yes, with uh, oh, yourself, uh, Jessup, yeah. and that, that Ali. Was a, that, that, was a, that was a messy night. So I have you guys to thank for probably the biggest hangover I've had in 39 years of being <laughs> on the planet. Yeah. And Sean, you're not 39, mate. Uh, mate, I, I know. I, I know I look 56, but I, I, I appreciate <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I'm oh, going to have man. to get another Pevy in a minute, guys. I, I know pe- people often confuse me and Matt between the oldest brother, but you know, that's how it goes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> in the blue corner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Representing Brentwood Essex, it's <laughs> Matt Hudson. Listen to those golden tones over there, lads. So, um, Ahsoka Tano. So, I don't know. I don't know. The consensus there, I'm struggling. So, the consensus is it could be a good thing, but just not in The Mandalorian. Ex- down yeah. to ex- execution. Execution. Oh, drink. <laughs> <laughs> Matt. Wow. Execution. Christ. Oh, wow. a drink. <laughs> <laughs> we just need to get a bell that someone can ring. So, uh, uh, any more thoughts on uh, Rosario Tano? I think uh, I to be honest to me the, the the casting is not that is it it's not a controversy if I'm honest. Um but maybe being in the Mando is yeah. uh, only because yeah, it's uh, he also had. I mean, if we're assuming the uh, artwork on Dave Filoni's uh, Twitter head, is head, correct, Rex is Rex is also going to be in it. Um, but also, um, 
you uh, the dark sabers there so there is an argument to tying in sabine see that is to me. filth that makes the more fact sense. that the dark dark sabers there like the again that to me is a very brave decision from a canon perspective it's like incredible it's dave filoni and john and all all the guys involved saying look there might not be people that get this and they might like be, wow, what's that? But don't worry, we're going to explain it. But if they want to know more, there's this back catalogue of canon. And the truth is, I always thought that about the Darth Maul reveal or the Maul reveal in Solo. I was like, that's brave. That is brave. And it just feels like, once again, the Mandalorian is doing the same thing, but but better. It's doing it better. It is because I got to the end of that, and that dark saber showed up, and um, I was watching it with a uh, friend of the pod, Jack Stanley, oh, and uh, and my wife, and Jack's a big Clone Wars fan, and me and him looked at each other and were like, "What is happening right now? Why is the dark saber there?" And B was like, "That's like a lightsaber, but not." And it kind of, <laughs> it like, <laughs> she was like, "What even is that?" And I think it was, it was really good in that sense, and that it was like a final, like it was like a hug to the canon lovers, but also it, they never, they never said it's the dark saber. They just showed it, so mm. it was like, "Whoa, what is that?" And that gets you excited for the next season. I thought it was executed very oh, well. Uh, <clears throat> Oh, flipping out. I'm out of beer now, boys. I'm going to have to go. I'm I'm running low. I'm taking little. Maybe, what what was the, I don't know what episode it was, the end of Mando. Maybe that was Ahsoka Tano that turned up with just her feet on screen. Yeah. That was was Boba, mate. That was Boba. Episode five. But then you get Boba in, just like um, Danny Boy said, you get Boba Fett in, then suddenly nobody cares about the Mando anymore. They just want to know how did Boba um, or Boba Escape the Sarlacc pit. Where's he been this whole time? What's he doing? Stalking dead female corpses? Because um, I know that the aftermath. Do you trilogy, think it does though? I, I think it, I think it does because people seem to love Boba Fett for a character who did next to nothing in the films. People love him. A cult following. I yeah, think the reason it. why people love him is because he looks cool, and that's, that's why the, Man- like, the like, Mandalorian has- looks cool, right? And you know the dark saber. What's a lot of people don't know what that is, but what's it do? It looks cool, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to bring in more in just because maybe it looks good on screen. That's the thing is the only reservation. Sorry to interrupt, Dan. The only reservation uh-huh. I've got is that um, Ahsoka is was literally Anakin's apprentice, mm-hmm. so it's Darth Vader's apprentice. Boba, they were gonna do a Boba Fett film, so I don't know. I I I would be shocked if Dave Filoni, the king of bringing everything from canon into his show, go and watch Rebels if you haven't. I mean, it was like ridiculous. Even awesome. Palpatine showed up. I loved it. Um, but um, it showed up in a much better way than the last film, Dig. Uh, but they... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, th- I don't know. I, I would be... If he's bringing Ahsoka back, I would be shocked if Boba doesn't show up in some way. I would be Boba, shocked. Boba makes more sense in this in this TV series, if you're going to say which one's going to fit the five of the show, Ahsoka Tano or Boba Fett, you immediately think Boba Fett. And maybe the Mando and Boba Fett, as long as they don't work together, maybe they could be warring. Maybe that's who um, the client, even though he got shot, maybe that's who, whoever he's working for. Mando-wise, they've got to be careful. I mean, I reckon we can all singly agree that the Mando has brought um, most of the fandom together, which is almost impossible. Mando, the, the series has got to be careful. I mean, if, if you think if you think back over series one, that 
like there's there's basically a new character that's introduced in every single episode as well as the mando and it, it's it they need to be careful that it's not just going to become um a fan service you get a new character every episode and then they disappear and it doesn't mean anything so if they're going to bring back someone like ahsoka it, it, it's it, they're either going to do it and it's going she's going to be in it for three four five episodes or most of the series or it's just going to be a case of what's the point in doing it but they, they need to be careful where they don't they just don't bring back someone for one episode every time yeah i totally agree my only thing is ahsoka the only link there is Sabine Wren and the Darksaber to me. Because I might be wrong, but at the end of Rebels, didn't Sabine have the Darksaber? She gave it to Bo-Katan. So she led Mandalorian. And now we're people, now the the actress who plays Bo-Katan, who voices her, Katie Sackhoff, who is actually an, a TV actress as well. Someone asked her, is she going to be, you know, we're we going to see Bo-Katan in a Mando, even if it's like a flashback. And she's just like, well, I, can't, I can't say anything at the minute. So we might yeah, be getting yeah, a flashback to that. And because Sabine handed it over to her. So we could be getting that. That kind of thing doesn't seem agrarious to me because not everyone's going to know who she is. Yeah. Whereas Boba Fett, if he's coming back, he has to be the hired gun who's been found to hunt the Mandalorian. He has to be his rival. The only thing with Boba Fett, right, um, is, and I've just put this together in my head right now, so it's a very fresh thought. Um, but um, the uh, the bloke that uh, was with the client had a Camino uh, badge yes. on his arm, didn't he? So, doctor, yeah. yeah, so there's speculation that um, Yiddle is, in fact, some sort of clone. Um, he had a, a but Wait, Boba Fett is also a clone, isn't he? He was he he was from Camino, so I feel like it does make story sense that Boba Fett would be involved in some way. In one um, of the series, was it um, the little geezer Quill? He they they even he even came out and said you know this isn't he's not a clone this is this is an this is like a an actual human uh, not human an actual physical thing it's that it's not a clone so the show actually said Baby Yoda oh, and they've confirmed it as well that he's not a clone he's an actual but why what, but whether they're trying to extract something from him sure is what they're going but for. then I have a few ideas about this man like in in regards to the saber. There's there's something that I don't think has ever been uh, explored properly in the canon universe yet. Um, they refer to it in the show. It's called the Great Purge. Yes. The reason why yeah. the Mandalorians are living away from everyone and underground in their underground network, right? We've not seen that. So I, I'm sure that will be explored a bit more in season two. Uh, as for the cloning thing, uh, due to recent events, I mentioned this in the, I think I've mentioned this to Matt or in a previous podcast. Um, I don't want to dive in too much to it, boys, because I know we're, we're tight on time here, but, and also it's a long conversation, but I have a funny feeling the Mandalorian is going to mop up some of the messiness of explanation in the ninth episode of Star Wars. I think that this little baby <laughs> Yoda kid is going to be the resurrection of, of Palpatine, yeah? I think I think I think that's what they're gonna do. They're gonna mop up. Oh please no. Interesting. I think that'd be cool. Oh, this is a big conversation that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, let's, it's, let's leave that. <laughs> well, that's, that, that's the next discussion point for the next show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, we all need a crate of pevies for this plate of Isaac. <laughs> so that Ahsoka time, that, that is part two of our round table done. Final part now. It's a new bit of news that only dropped very recently after we did a last show. It's revolving another TV series, not Cassian, not the Mando, but Obi-Wan Kenobi. Joby Harold 
is the new writer on the Kenobi series. This was a variety exclusive. He's taken over from Hossein Amini, who was dumped, despite Kathleen Kennedy saying how good the script were. Interestingly enough, Joby Harold has no TV writing experience. He might as well have got me, Sexton, Pevy, Sean or Luke to do this. We've got just as much. He's executive produced a few films, but again, he's a man with no experience in writing television series, yet he's going to be spearheading the Kenobi series, along with Deborah Trow, who's still attached. So, Isaac, mate, you see this, you hear this. What are you thinking? I'm thinking, what on earth are these guys got on these executives to be getting all these flipping jobs? It's absolutely mad, right? So I go back to uh, Chris Terrio, as all uh, rants go back to eventually. And I think, what qualified that guy to write a Star Wars movie? He wrote three, was it three bad DC movies or was it two? They were both bad. He did the Batman, Superman, and Justice League. Obviously, he did Argo, of course, but he helped co-wrote that. Yeah, I mean, Justice League and Batman, Superman are two of the worst films I've ever seen. I don't know what... This guy, I don't know who he is. He may do... and I just care a lot about this show, all right? Because Ewan McGregor is... uh, Obi-Wan's Ewan McGregor was my childhood hero. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us would agree with that. I loved him. I care a lot about this show and I don't know. I mean, again, uh, I, we, maybe he's got an incredible script that, or an incredible idea that he's come up with, but I worry because he's also writing for Zack Schneider. Uh, Chris Terrio's written for Zack Schneider and I'm probably just getting way too emotional about this whole thing, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, ha- I'm, I'm very, I'm pessimistic about this, put it that way. I mean, I was also cautious about uh, John Favreau do it because he'd never written for TV either. So I'm gonna, I gotta play both sides. And uh, John Favreau has done an incredible job with the Mandalorian. So you know, who knows? Um, but I'm, I'm worried, put it that way. All right, okay. There. I mean. <laughs> that's it guys that's it guys well thank you for listening (laughs) i've had that bottled in all day danny boy you are you are a prequelist i think we're all we we all we're all the prequel generation aren't we really oh yeah um yeah and so that ewan mcgregor obi-wan like isaac said i i wholeheartedly agree um i'm gonna wait to uh, release my opinions let's get danny boy's opinions first mate yeah no i i totally agree with uh what isaac's just said um but i do think you know if he if he's not doing a great job as we've seen in you know other films and things like that, other star wars films they will just get rid of him <laughs> if he's not doing great <laughs> you know they are quite True. they are quite ruthless right so i'm not i'm actually not worried because i think you know he's he's been appointed for for a reason um He's. I feel like he's gonna probably have a good idea, um, and you know, as long as, I'm not, I'm gonna say the word, but as long as the execution is done oh, right. Oh, hang then, on. Oh. <laughs> Blimey, hang on. Then, yeah. Oh, there we go. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Open the bishop's <laughs> finger. Bishop's, bishop's finger. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm, I'm the opposite. You know, I, I think, like I say, um, they'll be, they'll be pretty ruthless if it's. Uh, if he's not doing a good job, so I, it's it's interesting to have two sides of that. Basically, you're on a look. It's not ideal, but it, you, you're still confident the the end result isn't going to be affected, despite who's involved, 
despite who's behind the wheel. Um, Sean, mate, your opinion, I think, will be interesting. So tip the balance. Yeah, I mean, from 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 my perspective, so I know I I was pinging you guys online when this got announced, and um, one of my favourite um, uh, books from the Star Wars realm that was that I've read is 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 Kenobi. So um, I know I was pinging you guys really, really. Um, I was about to say aggressively, but I'll change that to passionately about um, if they could make sure that the storyline is something similar to the Kenobi book, then that would be awesome. But um, I mean, the main thing that I've got that I was going to say here was I was making some notes earlier and uh, was was doing some reading up on the uh, the new writer and I was was it Joby Joby Harold and my Joby. my son yeah my son came up and said Dad what's a Joby. Huh. Um, oh. I moved on from that pretty quickly. But, <laughs> yeah. um, it, it, it raised the question of, what, you know, again, you know, why why was the last guy removed? And you know, what's this guy doing? You know, he's got a lot of movie writing experience. Is that going to suggest that the series is going to be big, big scale? But um, it, it it really depends. For 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 me, it's it, it's got it, it's it's got to be you and McGregor. Um, is that going to have any effect on who's writing it? For me, he's played the role for such a long time. Let him write it. Let him direct some of it. Um, there's plenty of um, material out there that he can draw from, whether or not he's experienced or not in writing. But he knows the role. He is Obi-Wan. Um, give, let him write it. Let him direct it. And, um, yeah, what, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, we've got Deborah Chow still, still attached to direct, and she directed – possibly the best two episodes of the Mando along with um, Rick Fumiyawa. So she's a director, but Ewan McGregor has directed a film. It's called uh, the American, American something. Uh, it wasn't great, but he's, he has directed and written stuff before. So to be honest, the idea of you, I think he's producing the show. So he's, he's having a say in how it all pans out. The idea of how Ewan co-write the show, I don't think it's a bad shout whatsoever. Cause yeah, he is, he is Obi-Wan Kenobi, certainly for this new generation. So, and he's a fan as and well. And he's a fan, and he's not going to go in there and be like, right, I think we should have Obi-Wan taking down dragons all over Tatooine. He'd, he'd, know, he'd know when to strip it back and when to go, and I think that's a good shout. So Kenobi, sorry, Kenobi, you and McGregor writing all for that, but Deborah Chow is still attached to directing. For me, that's a good thing. Yeah, The only thing, thing is, sorry, before, before, before Luke uh, has and Matt have their say, I'm looking at his writing credits, right, and they are sparse, to say the least. He's written four things. Uh, Awake. I never saw Awake. Um, was that too bad? Uh, so I, I can't comment on that. Hayden Christensen's in it. Easter egg. Quite a good Hello. film. Uh, King Arthur. But regardless, it was a conspiracy thriller film. King Arthur, he wrote, and that's an epic fantasy action adventure. Again, didn't watch it because I heard rough things about that film. Uh, and then he's also written the Bumblebee uh, sequel and Army of the Dead for Zack Snyder. Now, I was very excited for this show because it was meant to be an introspective character piece, mm. and nothing. Again, he could surprise us. Don't get me wrong. I would. I want him to surprise me. Um, but none of those credits suggest that he is necessarily going to give us that. Does that make sense? Yeah. If if you if you look on his other writing stuff as well is untitled transformers project now there's nothing that could go one of two ways other than untitled transformers project Bum bumblebee I, I it's not star wars bumblebee 
was a really good film. Bumblebee it was a awesome. it was a character driven film. But if you go down the route of uh, what what Transformers has become, it's like that that for me is where it rests. If it's going to go down the character driven Bumblebee route, this could be absolutely awesome. Mm-hmm. If it's going to go down the um, Hollywood route of Transformers, it could be an absolute um, nightmare. It'll be a train wreck. Uh, he also he produced John Wick three. Fine, and Army of the Dead. Zack Snyder going straight to Netflix. So he's building up his resume. But that Awake film, I blink it's two thousand and seven. That's that's thirteen years ago. That film was actually quite good. It's well written. It had a good twist in it, which I didn't see coming. But that was that was thirteen years ago. He's I he agree also with you produced was. Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, Edge, and I love Edge that of Tomorrow film. is a good film actually as well. But yeah, Bumblebee. If they can go down that route, well, that's what we want. And I'm with you there, Pev. I want to see a character driven thing. There's nothing to say that Joe Howard isn't actually going to come on. And this is actually going to be where he starts his career in TV and he's going to knock it out of the park. You know, he just, he could be the next big thing. We don't know that. And it's like a Danny risk Boyce, though, isn't it? It is a risk, but and that's, that is my concern is that yes, he could be the next big thing, but why are they taking such a risk when they've already got rid of Hossein Amini, who is an established writer. He has written some absolute dross like the snowman and 47 Ronin. He won an Oscar. And so did Chris Terrio before you say anything. Uh, but he also did The Alienist the other year with Luke Evans on TV. He created that. He's created a few TV series, Hossein Amini. He's a man who knows the the ins and outs of how to get a TV series to start, to finish, to middle and end, and get it going. And to replace him with someone with no experience, who just seems to have been plucked out of nowhere, that worries me slightly because there, there are other showrunners and writers out there who could have done a much better job. I'm not going to stop mentioning them now. But there are many others who could have done a better job. And this guy, I mean, again, I don't mean to be disparaging to jo- Joby Howard. He might be awesome. He might be a great dude. But he's come out of nowhere. And that worries me. And it's a risk. And judging by what he's done before, I'm not, you know, overly optimistic. But I'm not going to sit here and say it's a it, it's a terrible decision. It's rubbish. I'm going to obviously hold judgment until it comes out. Because this guy could be the next best writer that we've got. So, um, op- you know, optimistic, but you know, straddling the line a little bit. But uh, what about you, Lukey boy? Um, <clears throat> I can't help but think of the prequels, mate. You know, the prequels, we all love them in their own little weird way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they, they're a mess. They're a mess. <laughs> <laughs> and <Be> gone with him. <laughs> <There's> order. <laughs> um, it gets everywhere. <laughs> it's 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 a bit crazy the prequels man and um there are things that just really you know i i look back at when i was a kid and i just accepted things but there was a lot of things i didn't fully understand until recently until the you know recent years like who who ordered the clone army you know that's not clear that is not clear there there is so much in the prequels that just like we just kind of let go over our head that you know, we, we, because we grew up with them. Um, however, despite that, despite its flaws, Kenobi, Ewan McGregor is a standout of the prequels. And he did, he did an ex- excellent job, excellent job in that role. So it does give me a little bit of confidence that we have a guy who is very clever, who knows a character very well, who's on set. We've got a good director. Now, from a writing perspective, even if the script is a bit naff, even if it's a bit naff, you can still create some magic. You can still create some good stuff. Um, but listen, it, for me, 
it's bigger than than the show for me it's i i you know you couldn't make up the fact that there is another problem on another star wars property i think that's totally. that, you know when, when i heard it i thought to myself are you joking mm-hmm. again and in celebration Last year, nearly a year ago today, we're being told, yeah, we got this, these scripts locked down. That's D23. They're phenomenal. Yeah. I've read through them all. Matty Boy mentioned that earlier. You know, and, and, and to now be like, oh, no, um, we're kind of starting again. That's Who was it crazy. who said they'd written the scripts? Surprising, though, is it? Was, uh, uh, sorry, sorry man, I, I jumped over you completely. But, like, for me, like, if you look at Disney+, Plus, um, Kenobi, for me personally, is the 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 biggest thing i'm looking forward to whatever else they've they've they're releasing or they've released that's the only real one that has an immediate tie back to 77 and onwards so it's a it is a big risk for them um so they've got to get it right who is it who said they'd read and uh, the scripts and it had been locked Kathleen down? Kennedy came on stage at D23 and then introduced Ewan McGregor. And of course, the place went mental. Went bo- Kathleen Kennedy. And, yeah, 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 it was okay. it was like it was all final, wasn't it? And she said, um, you know, we've we've got we've got the scripts. They've been out there for a while. They're um, they're really Kathleen good. Kathleen Kennedy having a having a little bit of a little bit of a screw up, having a wobble. Well, she said that the scripts were really good. <laughs> and they're out there. And then, of course, a year later, eight months later, we I think we mentioned this on our show at the time. Obviously, eight nine months later, uh, we've we, we fired the script writer because we didn't like the scripts. But they said they did. But then Ewan came out and said everyone's getting you know everyone's make blowing this over. It's not as dramatic as everyone says it is. They had the scripts. Ewan thought the scripts were good, but they wanted to make them better. They, I'm assuming, was Lucasfilm wanted them to be better. So therefore, they're going to just rewrite them. He said we're still sticking to but the same under, release date. He's been on a retainer, isn't he? Like all, all those other guys, him and Hayden, they've been on a retainer for years for Disney, haven't they? Uh, well, certainly Ewan has. Well, Ewan has. I got up secretly. I think it I all just up. sums up Star Wars in the last few years, doesn't it, really? It's, 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 <laughs> just seems a bit messy. <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy, bless her. I love her. Like the film she's made and ultimately she's given us some of the best Star Wars films ever. Um, but like Luke said, you cannot look past the fact that this is another production issue on a Star Wars mm-hmm. film. And at some point, you've got to, like if if a football team, I always go back to the football analogy. If a football team's playing badly, or if a player has a howler, they can keep having howlers, or the team can have a howler, and you can be like, "Oh, the team just had a bad day." But when it keeps happening, eventually you go to the manager, and. I think Kathleen is very good at what she does. I question, I I just, I can't help but think something's not quite right when there are this many production issues. She'd be the chairman, wouldn't she, of the football club, and you don't really see them go that that often. No, that's right. But does this sort of thing but, happen but in other chair- big franchises, though? But a chairman, not, again, not. a chairman is, it, it can be appointed by owners, and that can be... Bought you can you can effectively buy your way to a chairmanship yeah, well, in Hollywood. Yeah. You know you it, 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 you know I'm not going to say you you can't do that, but it, it it is slightly different. You know we're talking about one of the you know probably one of the biggest jobs in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's that is a reasonable thing to say, um, and it just seems crazy because like Isaac said, you know we've got the Last Jedi, we got the Force Awakens, we got Rogue One, we got Solo, Solo and was Amanda great, and, I'll, and I love all the stuff. We got the Mandalorian. Yeah. So equally, you know, like Rogue One was a mess. And I forget that. 
I forget that. I watched yeah, the YouTube even even down to the uh <laughs> when we saw the uh the panel Luke. Oh bro. In in London in celebration. That, that, that was a mess. What the panel? They spoiled a com- they spoiled a complete plot point in, no. in the panel. Yeah, yeah Wen's character, yeah, basically said when this guy dies and pointed to Donnie in, cheer it in way and Everyone gave them daggers. But they, I think what they yeah. meant was the production was a mess because Gareth Edwards wrote the directed the film and then they saw it and they're like, what the hell is this? So they brought Tony Gilroy in to, to rewrite slash actually direct the film again. And then they added the Vader scene in last. I mean, that was actually a good addition. Wow. But apparently they didn't do a bad job. Yeah. That's one of the best scenes of anything in Star Wars. Ever. Uh, that's yeah. probably my favourite scene. Of just anything ever. Yeah. And and this is the thing, and this is the thing, yeah, is that Star Wars always does better when it's collaborative. It it is always stronger when there's a lot of creative people involved saying, actually, I don't think that works, and yes, that works. So from a team perspective and from people being involved, I I don't think that's necessarily a, a, a bad thing. It is just the repetition of what seems to be errors. And and I was I've always been, and I am to some extent pro Kathleen Kennedy in some ways but it's got to the point now where this most recent blunder you're just like well what's next what is going on you told us you told us they are great scripts so if you have fired a writer you either were lying or you've changed your mind and someone that high up who's in that much of a public figure one of the biggest roles and heads in Hollywood making a mistake like that seems it just it just doesn't seem right. And I'm and I'm an optimist. I'm a positive person, but this doesn't this just doesn't sit right with me. We should me- measure it up against the. Um, have you seen the uh, the YouTube video of the uh, the storyboard writers for the the, the Bly Republic? So oh. they've, got the, they've got that. Yeah. Uh, that literally has just ticked a box on my bucket list. Um, the Bly Republic storyboard people like, how is this going to end? 20 people in a room working on a story. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what was missing from the the, the, the sequel film. They, they were clearly completely separate movies. So yeah. it, it, it needs to be tied together properly. We mentioned that, didn't we, Matt? We were like, it just seems crazy that the High Republic got more planning and, and dedication to it than the sequel trilogy. Well, that, well, that means to turn this into a Kathleen Kennedy chat, because uh, I'm conscious of that. But you mentioned, uh, obviously, the all these um, hiccups, shall we call them, the High Republic publishing and whatever it was it might turn into, but publishing. Kathleen Kennedy, as far as we can see, has doesn't really give two hoops about the publishing side. It's all about the films. So I'm interested to see, like we mentioned on that show, what if the High Republic on the Patreon show, what if the High Republic doesn't do very well? How is that going to look then? Because you know, I wonder what whether she'll then whether she'll get more involved to pick that up or not, or if she's just kind of left that to the writers' room and the story group. So I'm interested in that, but um, but yeah. As for Joby Harold and Kathleen Kennedy, if the Kenobi series comes out and people are like, well, it, it really wasn't written very well, or the dialogue wasn't great, or the the way it flowed wasn't well, people are going to look at, well, they replaced Hossein Amini with this dude. Who did that? The person who produced it or runs the, runs the show, which is Kathleen Kennedy, who also gave us the Wicked Mandalorian. Uh, we'll never know if Hossein Amini's scripts are any good, probably. But I agree, lads. If it, <laughs> if it doesn't go well. <laughs> It, Unless there's a time. leak, a Jewel of Fate style leak. It'll be broken out like Rogue One. Yeah, we think we should go and storm Lucasfilm headquarters and get those scripts. 
I don't know. I just want to make it clear. I'm not. I I quite like like as a person. I don't know her, but from what I've seen, I I like Kathleen Kennedy and I like JJ Abrams as well. Agreed. Um, yeah. I'm not. I'm. I'm really not. I'm really not criticizing them as people, and I'm. I feel pretty strongly of the fact that we shouldn't be getting toxic against people personally. No. No. Just, no. 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 That's and that's not what this is. And we, you know, no. we, we. I just wanted Matt, to clarify. No, Matt and I always mention. Matt and I always mention that you know this. These are very intelligent people. These are very clever people, despite what a lot of people on the internet depict <laughs> depict them as. And, you know, I'm a big fan, and Danny Boy knows this. This has been drilled into our work culture, you know, of, of root causes. You know, ask why, then ask why again, and get, get to the root cause of something. And, you know, I can't help but feel, will things be different now Bob Iger's going? Because Bob mm. Iger is an is an incredibly aggressive businessman. He is incredibly aggressive, and he has changed the Disney company for 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 a for a, you know a, a company that was making some mediocre films to being you know the biggest studio mm. going right in a, in a matter of what again from a business point of view of a, a short you know lot of time yeah and, fifteen years. Yeah, so yeah, and he has turned that around. Disney is the company everyone else wants to be. Now, the problem with that is like with a with a lot of business structures, is is that for short-term benefit as opposed to long-term benefit? Has has there been proper investment into Lucasfilm and the Star Wars brand? Has there been proper investment into this? series and i'm not talking from a monetary perspective are we putting too many strict deadlines unreasonable unrealistic deadlines into the star wars and calendar marvel seemed to deal with it very well but that's because marvel by, by its very nature it can deal with it better it has that source material it has lots of different universes literally right yeah, it has Luke. A- I, I agree with you there, and but if you look at Marvel, they're not putting sequels out every two years. Um, they're not. I, as far as they I'm were. aware, they were. They, they, no, you know, but what I mean a... is, what I mean is, sequels. They were putting multiple films out, but I don't believe there was films one after the other within two years. Was there? Not necessarily sequels. Like, you Thor, get Ant Man was probably up there. You, you get Thor, the Thor films, Iron the Iron Man. Man. And you'd have Ant Man and Ant Man vs. the Wasp, but they weren't. But there were there were films in between those films. But like Luke said, if the nature how, of Marvel is to put out, it was still anyway. a cohesive universe. It was no, a yeah, totally. Universe. But how many years between? Uh, but I'm I'm actually I'm agreeing with you. I'm just put. I'm doing a very bad job of of saying that. Um, how many years between the Avengers films? Uh, at least three years between each. I think I think Avengers yeah. Assemble was 2011, 2012. Age of Ultron, 2015. There we go, three years. Infinity and you've got to include uh, Civil War in that as well. Yeah, uh, Civil really, War, that's really. Captain America. Um, and then, yeah, and sure. then, then they're, they're, there's a Captain America film in the Avengers. They had a Infinity War 2018 and 2019 for Endgame. Of course, biggest film of all time. But then you've obviously got to then question where does Marvel go from here? Because once you reach the top of the bell, the only way to go is down, uh, you'd think. Yeah. But, um, but that's but another the, story for another time. Uh, the but, point is, though... The point is, though, is that yeah, Marvel are operating under strict deadlines and getting films out. But the, the I think the only film that can really compare to Star Wars, the main trilogy Star Wars, are the Avengers films. And like you say, they I don't think they'd have dreamed of saying get a new Avengers film out in two years. Do you know what I mean? So I I like the Marvel films, but I do feel like Star Wars was pressured 
I think put yes. under, under too much pressure. Yes. And it's very even. And yeah, we can all criticize, say, yeah, they should have got in a room and put the story together. But they, they bought they bought the franchise. Was it 2011 or 2012? 2012. Well, they didn't have 2012, yeah. 2012. And they had to put a film out in three years and have an entirely new sequel trilogy written in, in, in three years. I mean, that's mental. Like no one, like uh, as much as I will criticize Lucasfilm, uh, they're crazy deadlines and I'm a Disney fan. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was getting to here. You know, that, you know, with this Disney plus series is, is there too, too much pressure? Just bringing it back to the Obi-Wan thing. Um, because I, you know, it re- it really is a hard one because it seems like we're trying to problem solve and troubleshoot this 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 problem because that's what it is. It, it must have been a problem, otherwise no one would have had to have gone. Um, but it, it it just seems like that you know it's not the best state. But like uh, I think someone already said, I'd rather them a- action something and change it if uh, as opposed to getting something that's really bad and mediocre. Can I, can I think, I, can I, can I think I, can I, can I, oh sorry go on i was gonna say can i ask an off-topic question yeah. just just re- relating to what you just said so we had a shed load of stuff coming in that time frame right so we we're looking at not that long ago in, in in november of that year we had the rise of skywalker coming out we had um the brand new computer game coming out we had the mandalorian coming out do you reckon they'll actually see this as a as a downtime for disney plus to spend some time building new new things or you you guys are mentioning like the, the really short time frame of releasing films do you think they've absolutely uh, smashed us with star wars stuff over an 18 month period i mean or, or maybe 36 40 month period we've had so much star wars shoved down our throats which for us is, is great if it's ex- executed properly oh um, but do you reckon we're going to see a bit of a, a break now you know maybe they've maybe they've sat back and thought you know, we're going to change writers. We're not happy with that. Ewan's not happy with that. We want different writers because we've we've earned that that breathing space. Yes, Matty I, boy. I, I hope so. I, I I hope so. I think I could quite happy as a Star Wars fan as well. I could quite happily not have any more films, TV shows for five years because I wow. you know honestly because I think I would rather than bring something out say in five years time and it. And I think people, a lot of people will forget, you know, the all this hate and stuff, you know, The Last Jedi, Soda, whatever it was, and the fans will be back on side again, I feel. In, I because, agree. That's an age thing, though. Like, so you guys, seriously, in five years' time, you guys are going to be, what, mid, mid-30s? Mid, like, uh, I, will, like, I will be I'll, exactly I'll 30. Be for, yeah, 30. Yeah, I'll, I'll be 30. 30. Yeah, so in five, five, five years' time, I'm going to be, like, uh, like 40, 40, 40 44. 44. Um, <laughs> whatever comes out at that time is going to be like if you rewind to the early 80s that's going to be the return of the jedi for me in those periods so it it's it's just i think it all comes down to to age as well yeah i think that's i'm kind of with dan there to be honest because i like i said like because you're a boomer (laughs) i'm the opposite of a boomer um Uh, no, but I I think Dan's right. It goes back to what I said earlier about the magic of seeing Star Wars at cinema. That's and it. Yeah, like anything, if if it happens too much, the magic does go. Um, but I the, didn't ma- the feel... magic didn't go. It didn't go for for Marvel. 
you know they were releasing movies and stuff every eight minutes but it's not the same kind of fan it's a different sort of fan you know it's It's not the same you don't get the same feeling when that Marvel logo comes up as you do when the Marvel the fans do. Oh, I, agree, I agree. I agree. I agree completely. I agree completely. But the Marvel fans do oh, get that oh. kick, and there's a lot of them, and they consistently churn out six, seven, eight hundred dollar movies as as an average, and a lot of them make over a billion. Of course, Endgame was an absolute. That's an absolute freak of a film. It wasn't even the best Marvel film, yeah, but it still man. made nine on three billion. But so, but yeah, the Star Wars films. Even Bob Iger, Bob Bliger himself, has come out and said Star Wars films are. They're event films, you know. You want to, you want that build up. You want a three year gap between films. Maybe get, I don't know if we're going to get. I don't. I don't think we're going to get a twenty twenty two film or whatever it's meant to be. I think they're going to scrap that quietly. I don't know about Ryan yeah, Johnson's so. trilogy. I don't know about scrap Benioff and Weiss trilogy yeah. or a series of films. That's, that's why the last year. That's why the last for me. That's why the last. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be a real. I'm, I'm family friendly show I'm going to be a real pain in the backside right now that's why for me The Last Jedi was so divisive it's because the average person on the street had to actually use their brain so you look at the, the, Marvel, <laughs> yeah. the Marvel films that came out every 15 seconds uh, the, the heroes were great something bad happened and then the heroes were great again and we won The Last Jedi actually made people use the grey matter that they don't normally use and and, and that's what um, upsets people if you can't just sit there and chew popcorn and drink 7 ounces of Pepsi Max I'm saying ounces like I'm born in your time frame and I know what that means uh, but like The Last Jedi <laughs> divided people because they had to use their brains and they're not used to that in a Star Wars movie Wow, I think uh, that is, <laughs> I think that is a statement, and, and do you know what? I think to to some degree, I I agree. Um, I get why some people aren't a big fan of it, but I would say for the most part, when it comes to the overall story, there there is a lot of people that just don't don't get it or don't click with it. But that's fair enough. We ain't exactly talking about a property that is, you know, like like we say, it's not Marvel, but also, you know, this isn't a indie film with lots of, you know, you, you see where I'm coming it's from? It's, off as one. It's, it's, it's trying to strike the, 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 the balance, but the, I, I agree. I think The Last Jedi is very original. People wanted originality, they, and they forget this. The Force Awakens is very openly accepted, but, you know, like the... the when it when it was released, people were complaining left, right, and centre, saying, "Oh, it's not original. It's not original. It's nothing. It's not original." Most original one of the of any of them. Yeah, and now the Last Jedi comes along and it kills it, <laughs> and everyone's it. gone mental, and people go mental oh, for God, it. I've got to use my brain. I don't like. But it. I, but that is true. When you see the, a lot of the arguments, and this is and and again, I want to say, if people did just didn't like the Last Jedi. Then that you know, there's no issue with that. But a lot of the arguments are that no, it didn't fine, give man. what people what they wanted, which was you know the saber wielding Luke taking falls down. They wanted Luke to be the man. They wanted they you know they wanted to they wanted to see the Luke of their dreams from their childhood. And they didn't get that. Instead, they got a much more accurate depiction, I believe, and lots of other people do as well. So I, I do also I do agree that a lot of that comes down to you know having to take. Take Luke's arc at face value and like a, a human value, rather than what people may have wanted to see from the Luke Skywalker of their childhood. So, and that and a lot of the arguments I've heard are are that you know it wasn't just the smash bang wallop 
they wanted it to yeah. be. It was something else, and you know, and, and there are this other people who just thought the film was rubbish. And of course, that's that's fair this, enough. This is why you guys are awesome, Matt. I mean, you've been my brother for as long as you were born. It was great. I'm <laughs> <laughs> pretty great. Luke, Luke, you, Luke, you've been a brother since series one, and your voice now haunts my dreams. Well, like, <laughs> this is why I dreams. could never be uh, in your job because I would be like, if you don't like the Last Jedi, what is wrong with you? What is physically wrong with you? And you guys. <laughs> To keep it on the level and actually speak to everybody like they're humans. And no, I, but to I, be honest, I fail that. My thing is, is that if you didn't like it, then that's absolutely fine. I've got no problem with people not liking it. It's I, I don't, and this is again, we've gone way off topic. Uh, but my, uh, my thing is that I don't like, um, I don't like people getting toxic and personal. Um, if you didn't like the Last Jedi, that's fine. Whatever, Isaac. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no but do you know what i mean yeah, like, yes, I I do. Do. yeah, yeah I do. people I people should just... be allowed to not like the last jedi in the same way that people should be allowed to not like the rise of skywalker if they didn't like it and, and, I, and people, I, I, people I, I, shouldn't be able to like that again the same with return of the jedi people should be able to diss that yeah i, I totally, totally agree yeah. there An empire. I, I think um I feel like there's too many people that jump on the bandwagon of, of, of hating it and they're too lazy to try and, and want to understand it. That's that's my opinion on that. Well, hate I, makes money online, we... which is a lot of Sorry, things. Mate. Well, hate makes money yeah, online. Yeah, that's it. That's it. There's a few channels on the old YouTube that uh, I could mention, yeah. but I won't. Yeah. You know, that, that, lo- that love to hate, right? We had it. We had it, didn't we, Luke? They have a financial interest in hating it. And this is the difference, right, is is that once that happens, there are news companies and news sources that have a political interest. Therefore, they cannot sway from that. Matt and I have opinions about the films, right, and we'll be balanced about them. Overall, we're pretty positive about it, but we don't praise everything left, right, and centre. We see it for what it is. Look at our last episode. We we dropped a balanced review of the Jedi and how how they blew, basically, but we could have we didn't right, come yeah. out and say right. that they were the worst thing ever. They were awful. We gave a balance, but we'll also then jump on board if we really love something. So you know we'll always balance out. Same with Kathleen Kennedy. We don't dislike her or, or Bob Iger. We'll imagine, always be on can, the level. Can you imagine? Can you imagine an SWS roundtable in 1977? Oh, I don't. Would it be any different? Would it be I any th- different? I, I think oh, 1980 is more accurate. There, uh, sure. 1983. Yeah. When Empire came yeah. out. I think 1999. I think when Empire. Oh, mate, I don't want to think about that. Uh, but uh, no, but seriously, if Empire came out, I, I, when the internet was a thing, I would, I wouldn't want to be on the internet. I don't think it would um, be awful, wouldn't it? It would be awful. Yeah. Sorry, uh, I, I just want to bring it back to 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 the core of this conversation here of the, of the Disney Plus Obi Wan show, right? Oh yeah, that. And, oh yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Danny boy, naughty boy. Um, oh, I'm so naughty. <laughs> so <laughs> good. So naughty. I'm so naughty. <laughs> oh, they're listening um, No, but li- guys, seriously, I think, you know, someone's already mentioned about the schedule, the future schedule. I feel like Lucasfilm are actually going to be cut a little bit more slack. And like Matt said, I, I think there are going to be dates that they've said and mentioned under the Bob Iger regime 
that now they got a new guy coming in. There's this transition period, someone who comes from the parks. And Isaac will know mm. all about this, right? Because Isaac's yeah. a fan of all the parks. They know that it's about the long-term game. They know that it's about experience. The they know game. that once you, once you, the end game, yeah, thank you. Bringing it up again. Um, but they know that it's it's all about that customer experience and being immersed, right? They, they know all this. Whereas an exec like Bob Iger, although very clever, he is coming at it at way more of a f- aggressive financial plan. You know, pump out as much as possible because Disney is going to have a record-breaking year. And then again, in another few years, we're going to do it again. And then we're going to double it. Yeah, that's Bob Iger. That's that guy. Yeah, they, They've brought in the money. Now things could change and that's where i'm optimistic and that's where i hope that these schedules are eased a little bit i really wish i shared that um have you done any looking into bob jacobet bob jacobet at all nope um (laughs) then don't if you want to keep that optimism um i yeah i again i hope you're right guys uh (laughs) (laughs) no i hope you're right but i would also go back to the fact that you were complaining uh, quite a lot on the show uh, and i'm not wishing to go paxman on this um but you were complaining quite a lot on the show about how the millennium falcon smugglers run thing went true and about how much money they were charging for the star wars hotel that's all under bob jpeg um so yeah just just a cautious optimism i think is good um but bob Iger is staying on so he can teach the new guys some creativity so I have many thoughts about the whole Disney situation at the moment, but that's not for this podcast. Can we get can we get a Luke Bly impression of uh, of Bob? Um, I don't really know what he sounds like, to be honest. It, with you, it's mate. not I a very it, exciting yeah. voice. To yeah, I, I don't really know. <laughs> it's not like yeah. a Chewbacca impression, is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bob Bliger. Well, a cautionary tale. Then, well, let's wrap let's let's uh, wrap it up there because otherwise we can go on for a long time about Bob Chapek Bliger. Disney parks and all that. So, Joby Harold's coming up. Uh, we're we're all kind of like, a, well, Danny Boy isn't so bothered by this, and and some of us think it's a bit of a risky move. That's the best part about a round table like this. You get different opinions, and I hope we've given you guys something to think about there as we've uh, sipped a few bevies, a few Isaacs. Sorry, excuse me, sipped a few Isaacs and shot the Galactic Breeze together. So uh, a few pevies, if you know what I mean. A few pevies. So I think that wraps up round table number one, doesn't it, Lukey Boy? It does, mate. It does. I think that is a wrap on round table numero uno. And to summarise it, if I had to summarise it in two words, I think it would be... Um, so... It would just be so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to listen to that when I go to sleep tonight, man. Best podcast. Best podcast. Best podcast. Best podcast you've ever heard. Stop a session as the mic is quite absurd. But you now <laughs> with lots of tears from two dollars a month is all it is. Yeah, that's house cat. Boom, boom, boom. There you go. So in, in, in my, it's like it. sonic beauty in my ears here, lads. Um, yeah. Dan, do you remember the whole rap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course I do. Yeah, all right. I think we should have the entire rap done just live. Dan, though, just Dan. Dan. Yeah, just Dan. Just Dan. All right. Okay. Um, yeah. Give me a beat. Give me a. Give me a hot beat. 
It's the best podcast you've ever heard. Star Wars Sessions on the mic is quite absurd. Got a Patreon now with lots of tears. From $2 a month is all it is. Best podcast. <laughs> best podcast. Yeah. <laughs> now, Isaac, once more, we're feeling. Me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been on the pivot, man. Yeah. Best podcast. Oh, that's better. That's good. That's good. Um, oh, so you've had not only have you had uh, four, five very intellectual. I forgot myself there. Five very intellectual. Best Friday there. night in weeks, mate. You've also had a live rap from the Dandalorian himself. The Dandalorian, Blyzak Peffy, Grand Admiral Sean. How one of fifty-seven Bly puns. Jabba the Hud, yeah. not a bad session. So, uh, yeah, that wraps up. Dan, Isaac, Shawnee Boy, thank you for coming on. Thank you very much. And, Cheers, guys. Uh, I said, Lukey Boy, uh, in terms of finding Star Wars sessions, where are they going to find us if they want to find us online? Oh, you want me to freestyle? All right. Okay, I'll see you. All right. They can find us at www.starwarsessions.co.uk. If you want to slide up upon our Twitter, it's at Star Wars Session with no S at the end. That's at Star Wars Session on the Twitter. If you want to slide into our galactic DMs, you can do that on Instagram at Star Wars Sessions. That's with the S at the end. That's at Star Wars Sessions on Instagram. And if you can afford to do so, please consider checking out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. Yep. And from everybody else on the show. Best podcast. (laughs) Best podcast. Best podcast. (laughs) Cheers, guys. It's been lovely. Cheers. Cheers, big boys. It's been so good. May the force be with you always. <laughs> and with that, we're, we're also going to leave with that one. So, everybody, so as usual, from me, see ya from Lukey Boy. May the force be with you, but about always.